Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 18th of August, 2020. Let's talk about eschatology today. Now, that sounds like a big theology word. It simply means the study of the last things or the study of the end times. We're looking at the future. Now, eschatology is often one of the most um, difficult things to talk about. And one is that for some people, it can be confusing. Uh, that, that is, we try to figure it out or we read passages in the Bible and we find we're scratching our heads more saying, what does that mean? It's one of the other reasons why it's confusing is that it's a little bit controversial or just even that there's some differing opinions that you can look at different pastors that are solid gospel preaching, uh, Bible believing uh, pastors and find there's a lot of different views on this subject. And you'll hear phrases like premillennial or amillennial or postmillennial or post-trib or pre-trib or covenantal or dispensational. And for the average person, some of that can start to feel overwhelming with the different views on this subject. Well, we want to dive right into it today, especially as we look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and we'll look at the whole chapter today. And at the end of the chapter, we're going to see a passage that describes the event that we refer to as the rapture. Now, again, this is something that we believe is going to happen. And this is a area where though Christians can disagree. And there's just a couple things as we dive into the topic of eschatology that I want to just give out as a warning, mistakes that I see people make as they discuss this subject. And one is that some people want to lean into the controversy and what they really want to do with eschatology is they want to debate it, right? And they want to find out their view and they want to find a Christian who disagrees with them and they want to argue about it. I don't think that's the best approach to eschatology. Yes, let's dig into it. Let's find out what we believe and why, but let's also have an attitude of humility about this and understand that there, there are reasons why strong Christians might have different views on this subject. The other issue that I see people uh, making a lot is we kind of sometimes tend to miss the forest for the trees when it comes to eschatology. When we get into whatever our view is, we want to just dig into all the details so much and try to almost figure everything out that sometimes we can lose sight of the big picture and what the point of eschatology is. And that's really what I want to emphasize today is what's the point of this? Because I think as we read God's word, we're going to see uh, from 1 Thessalonians and then also from Jesus in Luke chapter 12, we're going to see what the point is. And we need to make sure that even as we're studying eschatology and trying to understand it better and dig into what the Bible has to say, let's make sure that we don't miss the point of what is going on. So in 1 Thessalonians 4, It says, starting in verse 13, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So like I said, this describes the event we refer to as the rapture. And again, there's all kinds of various opinions about that event and when it can happen. That Personally, I believe that, that we're waiting for this event to happen. This could happen at any time. I would hold to a position of a pre-tribulation, you know, pre-millennial eschatology. And even as we, we could spend the whole time, we, we could go into a whole semester of lectures talking about those different issues. But I want to make sure today we don't miss the point, which it says it right at the end of the chapter. Why is Paul talking about this? Look again at verse 18. Therefore, which you've probably caught the pastor joke by now. We got to ask, what's the therefore? Therefore, well, this is saying this is the result of all we've been talking about. This, the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we who are alive, we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. What is he saying there? This passage, really, the point of it is what happens to those Christians that I know and that I love that have died. And it's saying, hey, don't worry about them. In fact, when Jesus comes back, they're going to rise first. So really, we need to think through what this says about what we believe. And this really highlights something that's so critical to the Christian faith, the idea of resurrection. That just as Jesus rose from the dead, if your faith is in Christ, you and me, if we die before Jesus comes back, we will rise again. That our bodies are going to come popping out of wherever they're buried or they're going to be reassembled if we were cremated, whatever it might be. And we will meet the Lord in the air. Our bodies will rise again. Or if we are still alive when this happens, we will be caught up. That's the idea of rapture, that we will be caught up with Christ in the air. That This is the, the point of the passage, that this is what's going to happen when we die. And I know there, there'd be other people that would explain this from a different theological perspective, and most of them, what I'm confident in, there would be the same point, that death is not the end for those of us who believe. Therefore, this passage should be an encouragement to us. And this is a passage I love to go to if ever I'm doing a, a funeral service at a graveside, because I want us to realize we actually believe that this body that we're about to see get buried, get put under the ground, it is going to rise again someday. Just like we believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. So, Make that takeaway today that this should encourage you when you think about loved ones that you have lost in the Lord, uh, loved ones that have died, that their faith is in Christ. They are going to rise again. That is the encouragement that Paul is trying to give here. 
But there's more that I want us to get as we think about eschatology, as we think about Jesus could come back at any time, that should affect the way that we live. Maybe that'll even just give us a different perspective as we think through the beginning parts of this chapter. It starts off with a strong warning against sexual immorality. It says this, and a question as a pastor I get asked a lot is, how do I know what the will of God is for my life? Well, one direct answer to that question is in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's a clear thing that God is telling us to do. And then look at verse 9. It says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that is indeed what you are doing. He's saying, hey, you need to love one another and good job. That's what you're doing. But at the end of verse 10, he says, But we urge you, brothers, do this more and more. And to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So there's some of the commands earlier are, hey, abstain from sexual immorality, love one another. In fact, do it more and more, grow in loving one another. And that really connects then with Luke 12, as we look at verses 35 to 48 today, because this is again, a passage where Jesus is going to encourage them. Hey, you need to be ready. Look what it says in verse 35, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their masters to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the doors to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table and he will come out and serve them. Wow. Saying, hey, the people that are ready, Jesus is going to serve them. And verse 40 says, so you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So again, Let's not miss the forest for the trees. One clear takeaway from the study of eschatology in the Bible is you need to be ready because Jesus is coming back at any time and we don't know when he is going to come back. And that's a problem if our study of eschatology ever lessens that sense of urgency and that sense that Jesus could come back at any moment I think we're doing eschatology wrong. That should be another one of the main takeaways we take from the idea that Jesus could come back at any time. We want to be ready. We want to be faithful. And so that's the main thing that I want you to think about today in response to to our reading of God's word together. Are you ready for Jesus to come back today? And there's two senses in which I want you to think about that. One is really kind of more the daily sense of the idea. If Jesus were to come back today, are you ready? And this is where maybe we go to some of those things in 1 Thessalonians 4. If Jesus were to come back today, is there some sin in your life that you're kind of making room for that you would realize, man, I would be ashamed of that if Jesus came back today? Well, now is the time to deal with it. Now is the time to get ready because Jesus is coming back. What are maybe some of the temptations you're going to face really right now today, Tuesday, the 18th of August, 2020? 
And how can the fact that, hey, what if this day, the 18th of August is the day Jesus is going to come back? How's that going to make me think about my life today? The other sense in which I want you to think about it is not so much the daily sense, but more the seasonal sense, right? This season of life, are you honoring Christ with what you are doing, with how you are living? Are you being faithful to him, not just today, but in this season? What I mean by season is that there might be different circumstances in your life right now. I mean, we're all in this coronavirus season together right now, but maybe you're in a season of retirement. Maybe you're in the season of singleness. Maybe you're in the season of parenting young children. Maybe there's a particular ministry that you're involved with right now that you might not be doing for the rest of your life, but this is the season that you are in right now. Are you being faithful to serve Christ in that season? Because the point of eschatology is really whatever brand of it you might hold to, Jesus is coming back. Be ready. Are you ready? Jesus is coming back. Be faithful. Are you being faithful? And I would encourage you just to even take some time and pray in response to this and search your own heart, examine your own life and say, God, am I ready? Am I being faithful in this season? If you were to come back today, if you were to come back at some point in 2020, would I be living my life in a way that you'll you'll come back and you'll say, yes, that is exactly what I wanted to see you doing. That's worth praying about today. Before I set you loose to pray for those things, let's just talk briefly about our Old Testament passages today. First, Psalm 98, which last week we read Psalm 96. And as you read the two, you almost might experience a little bit of deja vu. Did I already read this? Uh, They have some very, very similar phrases. And that's where we talked about, hey, don't look out, look up. Because as it says there, he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. I mean, this is eschatological because the Lord, he comes to judge the earth. Jesus will come back to judge the earth. That's another thing of eschatology. It should produce hope and joy in the life of a believer. That's first Peter um, chapter one is really what highlights that more in depth for us. So we see even flashes of that here in the Psalms. As you examine your life, that might be another question to ask. Is your life, because you know Jesus is coming back, characterized by joy and by worship because you know what the future holds? Finally, we wrap up the book of Esther today as we read uh, chapters 7 through 10. And at this point, this is really the conclusion of the story. Pastor Charlie kind of set up the story for you. And we see some of the drama and the twists and the turns and the providence of God in all of it. But today we actually see Esther say, no, Haman is the man and that has planned this. And we see Haman dealt with. Esther saves the Jews. The Jews uh, win a victory over their over their enemies, and it's it's a happy ending. One thing I'd like to highlight is though the end of chapter 9, where it talks about the Feast of Purim. And having lived in Israel for a while and celebrated this feast, they are one, one interesting thing. I don't I need to do some research even on how it got this way. A lot of people dress up in costumes today to celebrate the, the Feast of Purim. And I don't 
see how that's connected necessarily to the story of Esther, but that's one of the things that they do. But one of the other things that they do um, as they celebrate Purim is they read the story of Esther. And it's a very immersive experience. I mean, one of the main things that you do, you give people all these noisemakers as you read the story. And whenever you read the names of Mordecai or Esther, everybody's supposed to cheer, you know, so you're reading and it's like, and Mordecai, yeah, Mordecai, woo! And then whenever you read the, the name Haman, everybody boos and hisses and, you know, makes, makes those kinds of sounds. And they do that even to this day. And again, a good reminder for us is we need to remember, right? And again, Pastor Charlie talked about how the, you know, the name of God isn't mentioned in the book of Esther, but we see his fingerprints everywhere. Well, guess what? There's going to be situations in your life where it might not have seemed like the most spiritual thing in the world, but God's fingerprints are everywhere. You need to be sure to remember that for yourself, to see God's providence even in your own life as we wait for the return of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you even now to spend some time examining your own life, praying, saying, saying, Jesus could come back today. Today could be the day that I am caught up to be with the Lord. Am I ready? Whether it's today, whether it's this season, am I being faithful to my Savior? Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.